All right. Well, we are live this week, and it's time for this week's episode of the Big Go Bell Podcast. Looks like we have some technical difficulties with our live stream to uh, Twitter, but nonetheless, we're here. We got some things to talk about. Um, I hate to say it, but this episode is going to be one of those I told you so moments, but uh, it is what it is. It's news, and we got to talk about it, and um, to no one's surprise, what we will be talking about is a lot of what we talked about last week. Uh, but we'll get into it. Um, the crew is here, minus sellers. Um, everybody, really quick, how y'all doing going around the, the table real fast, Will? Man, I feel like we somehow got through the week. It's, it was a short week for me with the Indigenous Peoples Day, but it's been a whirlwind. Every damn day there's something happening on here, and <laughs> I'm ready for this week to be over. I'll give it that. <laughs> <laughs> Damon, how's it going, brother? I am avoiding all people now. I am going into my bubble, and you will not see me until probably next spring. That's how I feel like it has to happen in order for us to be safe. But other than that, we good. Okay, okay. And um, also, while we're at it, might as well give a, a nod to you. We're, we're giving off national days. How about National Hispan- Hispanic Heritage Month? So, uh, yes, tip of the cap there. And uh, to our resident giant crab, Jamal. How's it going? Would I wake up at 6 a.m. after spending $125 to talk to Carmela for two minutes? No. No. But who would I wake up at 6 a.m. after spending $125 for? And the thing is, I don't know. These are the questions that plagued me this week. Okay. (laughs) Oh, let's come back to that. About halfway through the show, who will we get up? At 6 a.m. for a two-minute call. Anybody or wrestling? Just two minutes. <laughs> just two minutes. Is it anybody or just in wrestling? Just in wrestling because anybody would be obviously like world leaders and stuff like that. Oh, okay, right. great. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a no-brainer like, yeah. coming. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, we'll yeah. come to that. Yeah, we got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, AEW Dynamite uh, is uh, ha- just had their one-year anniversary. Or it's coming up. I forget. This week was it. Yeah, this, so week, okay, this week was well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. to be fair, their for actual first show was October 2nd because we were there. Yeah, so uh, a week prior. Is, yeah, so this yeah. is their anniversary show that was last night. Okay, great, great, great. So, yeah, AEW Dynamite, the first anniversary, uh, the PWI Women's 100 we'll talk about. And mm-hmm. I don't even know how to even phrase this one, but uh, <laughs> the collective came, but it didn't come alone. And a lot of people... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people are feeling, uh, shall I say, the temperature rising and the positive results. But again, oh, seems oh, like oh. you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> the the aftermath, look, if you will. And, and, and look, and to be honest, you know, all jokes aside, you know, from the people that we know, um, uh, the, 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 the talent that we know that went, the fans that we don't know that went, um, and just overall to everybody that worked the show, I mean, we, right. we talked about how this could get bad. Uh, we always give everybody our, you know, our, our blessings to, you know, do the right thing, be safe. I mean, we literally have ended every show in the last six months with be safe, wear your mask. And, right. we, and we made it very clear on numerous shows that COVID is real. Although there's to some believers that it's not. And 45 and his super approach of healing in three days may may bring some uh, disbelief to some people but nonetheless in the wrestling community the collective the big show that was supposed to happen wrestlemania season 
happened in open Indiana, Indianapolis. When I say open, that means open to everything, full capacity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We knew this was a recipe for disaster, uh, but we only could wish for the best, but it was only a matter of time. And today, if you, you know, for everybody who uh, frequently participates in uh, wrestling Twitter, as you've seen, a lot of talent, a lot of hardworking talent, shall I say, a lot of good people, uh, Cabana Man Dan being one, um, has put their uh, results right on their Twitter page, letting people know that they have tested positive. I don't even know how to start this conversation, but uh, all I know is, again, to no surprise, we knew this was going to happen, um, and there's a, there's even some finger pointing going on. There's people saying that people fake their results. It is a mess, as we'll like to say. Uh, and this is just tipping the curve here. Like it's only going to get worse. Uh, and and not to mention shows are being ran this week. And if I can count how many days from Saturday, I'm pretty sure Saturday to Saturday is always going to equal seven days. And if I knew just a <laughs> tiny bit about what the uh, what the quarantine period was and what the incubation period was, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's under uh, the, the seven days is under that limit. So I don't know, man. It's a tough pill to swallow, but this is reality, and this is something you know. We spent 30 minutes on last episode about you know the ramifications of this event happening, and here we are a week after, not even a week after, not even seven days after at that. And people are turning up positive. To start this off, I'm going to throw it over to Will, um, who's obviously has been covering this and been seeing all the news a little bit before I've been seeing it as well. So, Will, what's your what's your initial reaction and thoughts to everything happening? Yeah, I mean, this is I, – I wish we were here this week and saying, hey, it's it's, you know – it happened. The show went off and it was a hell of a weekend and we haven't heard anything and cross our fingers. Things are good. But in the last 24 hours, it's really started to uh, unravel and it's unraveling quickly. Now that like you just mentioned, I think the key word right now is incubation period. And we've talked about this disease a lot. And the big thing is we are smack dab right now in that time period where You could test negative. You could test positive. It could go either darn way. And just because you had a negative test yesterday doesn't mean if you go in today, it's going to still say negative. It can switch on a dime. We are truly in the danger zone right now where you do not know if you are infectious or not. And if you could possibly be spreading it or if you even have it for that matter. So in the last 24 hours, I think we are now up to what, four people? I think is the current number that uh, have at least come public and are being forthright and saying, Hey, I have got a positive test. I found out at this time, if you were around me, you know, please get tested, please get checked out and also realize that, you know, just cause you get one clear test, you are by no means home free right now. You need to get like tests probably through this weekend to kind of give yourself a clear, you know, clear bill of health probably for the, for, for the moment. But You know, even then, quarantining 14 days would not be the worst idea right now. But as we spoke to last week, we realize it's the entertainment industry and people need to work and people are trying to make money and people trying to make a living. Jamal spoke to that extensively last week. and I'm sure he will again tonight. Um, I think the biggest concern right now is we know there were multiple people there who have contracted it. So my big concern is how many people have it? 
How many people possibly out there right now have a positive test and have not come forward yet? You don't necessarily have to come forward publicly, but I hope to God people are at least getting in touch with people who are around them and telling them if they know they have a positive test. But it's it's here. I wish we didn't have to find out about incubation periods in this manner that people didn't think they were bulletproof. But here we are. It's a reality now. And I hope to God this doesn't like, you know, spread like wildfire. But we got shows this weekend in California. The GCW's running all of like five days after the collective ended. And we're, we're people from the collective, to be clear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, there. I mean, what, everyone, so many people are at the collective. You got people working ROH tapings this weekend that were at the collective. So there's people all over the place that were there over the course of the weekend that are now at other events. Yeah. So it ROH is isn't is new this week, but then they tape last month. No, no, they're they're doing new tapings this weekend. Yeah. They are currently oh, okay. in their bubble. So yep. I think they're t- they are taping now for what will air after the pure tournament is what they're yep. taping yep. Okay. at the moment. Yeah. So, so we, we we definitely should bring up the ROH bubble and how they're handling it because that was a good read. Uh, but but yeah, uh, really quickly before I give it to somebody else, I mean, when this, what I say, like when the merit of going to the collective, when people are coming out saying, "Hey, I survived," that tells you something's wrong. There's been so mm-hmm. many red. I, I don't even. I, I guess the word hot takes work here, but there's been so many, you know, uh, different. Things said by fans and so on about them going like, "Hey, I survived ham, okay." But are you? <laughs> and are people you talking about they, people trying to people saying they got they were trying to get tests and they were denied, and people were turned around saying you were okay. To be honest, it's, it it sounds up and down the board as a pure clusterfuck. Like it's it's really really bad. If I had wasn't went, there a clusterfuck match this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, you, yeah. you can't go around and brag about you survived the collective Thank the day you. after the event, not the day after. Yeah, or even yeah. five days after. Yeah. Two weeks. Wait two weeks, then you can say you survived the collective if you come back negative. But the amount of people who are wearing it like a badge of honor is driving me insane, especially yeah. the fans. Yeah. Like, really? You, know, you want a cookie? Come yeah, on, and, and also, too, like, I wouldn't even be allowed to talk about anything because uh, – <laughs> Like literally, this is a this is this is not nothing to be trying to get any type of clout from at all. Like handle your shit and and keep it moving. Anyway, go ahead. One of y'all, Jamal Damon, get in there. Go ahead, Damon. Well, that's what I was saying. For me, it's more of a if the wrestlers are wearing it as badges of honor that they that they made it and that they're constantly getting tested and constantly showing the results. Fine, keep working. I made the co- I made the comparison last week about the adult film industry. As long as you have a clean test, you can work. But what I'm worried about, to Will's earlier point, is how many people are going to be falsifying documentation in order to keep working and to, to fudge a PDF because, you know, we have those things now where you can edit PDFs <laughs> and doctor's results. Now, now, that's some old school <laughs> tactics right there. You, but you know someone's going to use it and say, yeah. hey, look, I'm clean, y'all. Or take a picture of someone else's test with their name scratched out yeah. and their name superimposed to say, dude, let me work this. I'm Sick waiting me. for all, all the weirdos that are going to try to get around this. It's sort of like when the NFL requires a piss test and you have like 10 gallons of piss in your basement ready to go. So my, <laughs> my worry is 
at what point are other organizations going to look at what the collective did and say, nope, we don't want to run that risk. We don't have the liability insurance for something like that. We're just going to let y'all F it all up for the rest of us as a litmus test. And then Mm -hmm. we'll proceed afterwards. Yeah. To speak to that, let's give St. Louis Anarchy credit. They canceled their event this weekend soon as the tests start uh, started coming out yesterday. At the first word of positive tests, they postponed the events they're running this weekend. So props to St. Louis Anarchy. I cannot complain about that. That is, that's the only responsible thing I think you can do at this point is to be like, look, anything this weekend, you're playing with fire. Especially if you got people working your shows that you know were there. And there's just, there's no way to be 100% positive that anyone's totally safe right now. It's, mm-hmm. That's the scary part. Mm-hmm. So here's why I don't care. It's it's not necessarily uh, that I don't care that people are infected. It's not that I don't care that the show went on. And it's not that I don't care about the fact that people are still needing to do something else after learning that they're being affected. But here's why I don't care. We knew that this would happen because it's happening. The, the problem that I have, and it's an issue that's bigger than wrestling. It's an issue that supersedes wrestling. It's an issue that everyone is having, and that is the requirement as a quality of life mechanism to make money. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. there are different issues that, that stem from that because everybody has different situations. Some people have kids. Some people are uh, dealing with sick relatives. Some people are sick themselves. Some people, are, you know, whatever. These are things. But under no circumstances should you have to, you know, choose between risking your life for a dollar and hunkering down and, and, and pervert, preserving yourself. And the, and the realis- realism is, is that, yes, this is a wrestling show, so we're going to talk about the wrestling, but many different avenues of society are being, uh, being forced to walk this road. Will you hunker down and hope that you have enough of funds in the bank to do whatever you got to do to survive physically, mentally, spiritually, or will you risk it all so that you don't, you know, have to choose, uh, be, you know, be thrown out on, on the street or whatever. And, you know, evictions are starting up again in most States. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their Congress uh, was, could pass another stimulus package, but that has been kicked down the road for like the past three months. Um, everything just kind of hinges on the election, which is another two weeks. These are issues that threaten all facets of society. And in this microcosm of that, we have wrestlers that sure, absolutely love their craft and, and, that, and they love that expression that they get and they love the fact that they're out there communicating with their fans. If you've never been to an independent show, it is wildly different than television. Right. It's a family affair for most yeah. shows. And, you know, we, you know, whether we have them here, Jersey, New York, Texas, Florida, Indianapolis, L.A., they want you to come back because it is a family. It is a lot more of um, a personal connection with these people. So versus WWE, for example, you know, where it would be cool if they had that interaction. But the best you're going to get is a house show. And it's not even close to what an indie show provides as far as the intimacy with your wrestlers. So whether you're a wrestler 
So if you are a wrestler and it's like my bank account can't survive me missing another show. And because the business model itself is based on scratching each other's back, hey, you turn me down for this show, I might have to next man up, might get it. As we've seen with Joey Janela's situation and bringing in uh, that guy, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Juicy, who's going to be on, he's going to be on another GCW show this weekend. You know, they brought him in to work, and you know, unannounced. And these are things. It's a hustling business. And now, pandemic, the plague. It is here and it hasn't gone away. So these issues that these people are dealing with, and now hopefully, God willing, they'll come out on the other side of this, as well as, if not better than the president did, but hopefully, God willing, they'll never have to go through it again. But should they have to choose is the problem. And right now, your elected officials are telling you, yes, choose wisely. And and that's that's probably the scariest part about it all. So I can't judge them um, for taking the job. No. Driving 800 miles, you know, up and down the highways, making towns, as it's called, to be at the biggest independent wrestling show of the year, bar none. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't blame them for that. This isn't a right or wrong situation. Unless you're a fan. If you're a fan and you live in Indianapolis... Why did you go? Thank you. I mean, like, seriously, why, why did you go? I mean, granted, yes, support, support, support. There are other well, ways to do that. Patreon, PayPal, whatever. But why did you go? Well, I mean, I can assume that people went because they wanted to have that status quo of I'm a loyal fan. But we're because- talking about once and needs now. I mean, all of us have the ability to go to, to, go to the show. We could have gone if we really wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you guys, whether you drive or you flow or you take the train, Indy ain't that far. We could have gone. Yeah, so. but I, I mean, and that's the that's what I'm saying. Like the fans that went, they made sure that they made it very clear that they're there because they're the loyal fans and they're committed and et cetera, et cetera. You know, because it's that. Yeah, as Damien that's said, also it's that. bullshit because of the internet. It's asinine. <laughs> Oh, oh yes, I, mean, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not arguing against your point. I think that there are some people that may actually think that, like, you know what? I'm a fan, damn it, and this thing isn't going to stop me, and we're going to go, mm-hmm. and we're going to have a good-ass time. No, There's a difference between the people with the proverbial shotgun to the back of their neck, uh, you know, and God has cocked it and is about to pull the trigger, and you're going to have to either do one of these two things, work or be working risk the virus, <laughs> or play Russian roulette with the eviction man. And that's where we are as a society. But as a fan, did you need to go? This is this is what we're talking about where uh, essential uh, is. Yeah. It is essential that I make money. It is not essential that I spend money. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm that's the part that I don't understand. Yes, it's the biggest show, blah blah blah, all of that good stuff. What I don't understand is as a fan you are doing yourself a disservice running the risk of becoming of in close contact or infected yourself. And I really hope that wrestling companies, uh, it, it would behoove them to take that aspect more seriously than put on the, the biggest, bestest show that they can for socially distanced 40 people. 
Here's what here's what irked me about some of the the stills of the show I saw is that there was a lot of talents after their matches were over in the background sitting in the crowd with no masks on. <laughs> mm-hmm. There is visual evidence of Elena Black sitting at a show with no mask on while watching the match. And I'm yep. I'm I'm beside myself thinking, are you serious right now? Right. Yeah. Well, that's, that's well, the thing. Like, well, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to have a first blood match at an AIDS clinic. And I also wouldn't want to have uh, everybody breathing on my damn neck inside of this dome. Uh, yeah, that, that's the, it was it was an indoor show. That kept freaking me out. Seeing the pictures of it, say, okay, yeah. yeah, they didn't fill it to capacity. There was they tried to have space around people, but mm-hmm. like especially but, but, if, you but, watch, but, if you watch the spring oh, break show, like there was a lot of people in there. It was an indoor venue, and it's like you had all these people around each other for three days. No, you know, but, but, it wasn't just one show when everyone left. That's the thing. You had people milling around each other for three days straight. It was an event destination show, and I don't think we were ready for all that. For that much mingling over three days. Yeah. I, I mean, look, here's my thing. I said that once everybody sets up shop and it gets to run, gets everything gets to rolling, all rules were off the table. And you've seen that because, as you say, like people were spaced out, social distancing, whatever it may be. But the moment that the show started going, you've seen, especially ringside fans, all just by each other. Hell, when wrestlers came in, it felt like a, just an independent show that just didn't have a lot of people there and people were wearing masks, but people were legit just cluttering around each other. And it, it became one of those type of things where it's just like, you know, my friends are here, so I'm cool with it. And then all the rules went out the window, all the protocols and all that good stuff. You knew once people got comfortable, everything was going to go out the window. And it took two shows in and they say, no, it just looked like a regular indie show with just a smaller capacity. Now, yes, the collective draws a lot of people. I, I've been... Uh, was that the collective? Was the collective doing the one in New Orleans? I can't remember. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, I've been to the... Um, I've been to one of the collective's events. And, but, like, again, um, it's just... It's just crazy. Well, to be fair, the collective is the one thing for WrestleMania where all of these indies come together. So it's it's GCW and freelance and beyond and and whoever else um, all come together. That's why it is a collective. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't I can't remember. I thought WWN was doing one at one point, well, right? Well, they did with New Orleans. They did one, you know, outside of the city. The yeah. collective was a thing, and then WrestleCon was a thing. Yeah, okay, right. All right, 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 right. Okay, right, right. All right. But so so yeah, I just I had that feeling because like I. I, I knew it was going to ju- just be that. Once people got comfortable, everything goes out the way. I mean, it's the same thing as it's like small rules. Like, you know, you go to a show, typically talent stays backstage. But once, you know, more so than more, uh, more or less than, uh, than more, you'll see talent just hanging out in the bleachers and just whatever, whatever. But like, that's like a thing that, you know, they're not supposed to do or most promoters don't want them to do. And they're just out there, you know, and it's, it's it's just things like that that she just knew, like because of the idea of so many people were ready to get back to wrestling and the excitement of being back wrestling, excitement of being with your friends, excitement of, of having fans, excitement of, of getting the chat. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Selfish. Yeah. We're either going to beat this thing together mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. And, I, and I, when I say together, I mean literally everyone 
doing this, doing the things, listening to the science and the scientists behind the science and beating and following in their directions together. However, that suggests that there's a leader of that movement and that there are people willing to follow that movement. We have neither of those. So right now, as the president said, and I quote, it is what it is. <laughs> so the collective is going to happen. Um, uh, it has happened. Good on them. They did the yeah. show. Fans went. Good on you. Better you than me. And this weekend, uh, Saturday, October 17th at 4 p.m. in Oak Canyon Park in Silverado, California, which is about an hour outside of Los Angeles, it's the last resort. <laughs> Obviously foreshadowing. But, you know, that is just... <laughs> But that is a show that GCW is is running. So you know what? If they can do a thing, well, they can do a thing. Uh, you know, these are the choices that they have to make. Everybody has uh, an opinion on the matter and an issue on the matter. You know, certain things seems very open and shut to me, but obviously people feel differently. So until we all come together and are willing to move lockstep forward, progressively towards and into this bullshit, oh yeah, well, it's whatever. This is why I don't care. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's, let's move on to the next one. Um, good luck to everybody that's going to any show. I'll be safe. Meh. There is um, no luck. It is what it is. Be safe. Do what you, <laughs> do, do what you feel is best. And uh, Godspeed. Bathe yourself in hand sanitizer after every damn event, please. <laughs> or, <laughs> don't hang, and don't hang out after the event with the wrestlers or your friends and saying, well, we survived the event, but we went to the bar and there was like 150 no. of us in the bar. Like, don't do that. Come on. Or, or not. Cause or, 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 or like, let's stop the whole pretending as if it doesn't exist or nothing's happening just because yeah. you're with your homies. It yeah, should be honest. Like, you, like you, you don't know. Nah, fuck that. You don't care. Um, you know, it's a thing and you're going to, you're going to do what you would good, good on you. Go get yeah. it done. All right, let's let's get to the PWI Women's 100 now. Now the the, oh, yeah. the 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 list is out. We know everybody knows what this is by now. The 500 came out earlier, which had men and women. Now this is the first year. This is not the first year. This is like the second or third or whatever. It's the women's edition. This would be the first year that they were going to do tags. I'm not sure if that's still happening or not. I don't know, but this is a thing that happens in pro wrestling, and now it's time to talk about the women's 100, the top 100 women in all of professional wrestling. By now, you may have already seen the list. No. Well, well we're bringing it up now because good that you haven't seen it. So, with that being said, Jamal, <laughs> since you haven't seen it, just throw me a few names and let's just see where you see they're at. Because obviously, well, we're bringing this up because there's some discrepancies in our eyes. But then again... We'll, 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 we'll discuss it. So I feel because, like this is cameo. <laughs> well, no, because because the PWI is basically a popularity contest. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to assume that prominent via people with screen time from WWE um, or AEW probably uh, it, it, it ranks out the top five popular names that you know and may or may not like. A uh, safe bet. Yeah, who's number one? Um, probably not Charlotte because she hasn't been on TV uh, for a while um, because of medical reasons, I think. Uh, probably not Lynch because she's also, for medical reasons, not being on TV for a while. So who does that leave? Um, you know, not so, Bliss because she hasn't been on the TV for a while uh, from, for reasons. Uh, so, and, just to be, and just to be clear, the time frame, I believe, is from November to November. November of yeah. 
2019, 2019. to, to mm-hmm. 2020 or October. So this year, this year yeah, for but, the most part. So yeah, a year out from this period now is where they're, they're engaging it. So right, but but my still my rationale is sound because these people haven't really been no, on I'm TV. Not, you're not wrong. I'm just saying for the yeah. sake of the listeners, you know, just yeah. so you know, this ain't this ain't this week, this ain't this month, and it ain't just 2020. It is a year right. out yeah. from. So that means, you know, pre-COVID stuff, which means you, technically you had about a good six months of just normal normalcy, shall I say. Right. So I would assume, I would assume um, that since this is a popularity contest for the Marks, um, if Sasha Banks isn't number one, she's in the top five. If Bailey isn't number two, she's uh, then she's in the top five. Um, I would probably say that um, Oscar's got to be in that conversation somewhere. Um, you know, and I would say that, um, uh, yeah, maybe, mm, I don't know who from AEW because it's the AEW women's division, but maybe, uh, 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 Sheeta is probably in like maybe the top 20. Um, and then maybe like a big indie darling, you know, that everybody knows and likes that's simmering on NXT or on the cusp of NXT is probably in the top five as well. So, um. You're very close. You're, You're definitely close. in the ballpark. Damn, damn right. <laughs> damn right. <laughs> so, um, I, since Damien and Will have seen it, I'll throw, mm-hmm. I'll throw it to you first, Damien. What's the first thing that sticks out to you? The first name that sticks out to me or the first Anything. thing that sticks out? First, first thing, good or bad? What was your uh, thoughts on seeing the list? The first thing I thought of was the AEW American women didn't even crack the top 20. Oh, so well, top fifteen, top fifteen. Yeah, I, so, I couldn't imagine one that why they would. So Hikaru Shida was sixth, really? and Riho was eight. What? Why? <laughs> <laughs> they're they're weighing those first few months of Rio as champ very heavy. Yes, putting her in the heavy top ten. Her, that's that's what I realized. And then in, at sixteen, we have Nyla Rose as the. First non-Joshi wrestler, women's wrestler from AEW in the top mm. 20. So Even that's beating out Britt Baker. Britt yeah, Baker's at 22. But 22. of course that factors into injuries. So that does make sense. No, but, but, um, but to be fair, they, they took Rose off of TV during the pandemic. She was champion, but she never defended. She only defended it literally once in a yeah. month while they move into QT Marshall's uh, sex dungeon for the <laughs> tournament. Um, and then... No, but you, you know where it is in Atlanta, Atlanta. Um, so Rose didn't really have the championship reign that she was intended to. Baker was injured and carried her promo damn near by herself with Big Swole, and they had their big blow-off match. So I'm kind of surprised that Nala's that high. Yeah. Um, what I will jump in with, so since we haven't mentioned it yet, so number one is Bailey. and. Okay. I, I can't argue with that because for the if you're talking about the time frame we're talking about, she's been champion the entire time. She's still the champ now. She's been champ a year. So she's consistently been the top woman on SmackDown, had that crazy tag title run in there. So I have zero issue with Bailey being number one. That makes perfect sense to me. It seems like a solid slam dunk to, to round out the top five since we were talking all the WWE people. So Becky Lynch is number two, Asuka number three. Charlotte okay. Flair number four, and then Sasha number five. Yeah, well, that, then that, there, there it is. That I mean, it's yeah. a popularity contest. 
Yeah, it's, it's pretty much what you what you would expect. So that and you could easily move some of those names around, but honestly, I don't think it matters. They're, they're, they would all be in that top tier. So yeah. that none of that really surprises me. So you you were dead on with with who was going to be in there, Jamal for sure. You you were on that. Now once we get past Akaru Shida, we get to a very interesting name that was not doing women's stuff this year. That was doing Good different point. stuff than that. We have Tessa Blanchard at number seven. <laughs> different stuff, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't do all kinds of stuff, but you know, she wasn't just exclusively competing. You know, in the Impact Women's Division, so. Yeah, I don't know. How do how does I I get to see how they wrote this out? Does, yeah, does intergender I'll, I'll, stuff I, like count in this or no? Yeah, I think it counts. But when, when you say she was doing other stuff, I mean, here's <laughs> look, keep it a hundred now. Again, she's she's lower on the on the list, and we talked about this before the five hundred. She's came still out. in the top ten, would, though. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, 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 no. Hear me out. She is out. a women's wrestler. We we, we, we talked <laughs> about on the five hundred. What were they going to be judged about? And they came out and said they were judging by these parameters. And mm-hmm. we had our factor. We talked about the factors of the speaking out. Movement and so Tessa written up in her uh in her uh her what do you call her um caption for hers for the five hundred mentioned about the stuff that that cloud that was over her head with mm-hmm. all of the stuff right. outside of wrestling as a result she was lowered well that apparently that has nothing to do with her being on a women's list so her being ranked high makes sense if it's just wrestling. But that same energy is not between the 500 and the 100 here. God-given talent and can do everything in the ring. But it's like they judge the 100 by completely different metrics here and standards, shall I say. So seeing her name that high, and and again, somebody brought it to the attention on Twitter, and I was just like, oh, okay, so how much do we really... Like, how, how much do we really take this list, you know, uh, uh, how much do we really take this list to heart, considering that it doesn't feel like it has that much um, sophistication like the 500 did? And that's like the biggest discrepancy that you've seen. You know, you say one thing on the, on the first time and now you completely, you know, go against that on this one. So I, I don't know. That's the, the Tesla thing with me is just, I don't know. I have another random question. Looking at number 14, Thunder Rosa. Do we put her as NWA or AEW? It's still wrestling. It's still wrestling. Primarily NWA. Yeah, and it's still wrestling. I mean, when when I I think about people that are high on the list, obviously working at top promotions. Right. But also champions and carrying that promotion. So, you know, her being an NWA champ, that's a big thing. That's a merit. I think that's unfair, though. Go for I it. mean, like, I understand that you're saying, like, well, you know, working at a top promotion, but not everybody gets to be at the top promotion. Fair. And to be fair, you know, th- there is a reason why there's a six man of the year or a comeback player of the year award. Not everybody gets to play on the, the championship winning team. And I do think that they uh, it's easy to overlook someone who's having a banger year because they play for Buffalo or <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I agree. I mean, there's, there's people that's ranked high that's not on top promotions and, and so on. So, like, I think it's very much fair. And, and 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 again, I think one that really sticks out to me that I think is very much uh, it's, it's very much fitting for this person is Jordan Grace at 12. 
yeah. discount impact all you want, but she worked her ass off everywhere she went. Yeah. And a lot of people don't give impact that credit is even being a top promotion. So the fact that, you know, she even made the list at the high it is, it's, it speaks to just how good of a talent she is, period. So, yeah. you know, and, 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 I, and I'll even go down a couple of more. And at 33, is Jessica Havitt, another person who's been running an impact that you wouldn't necessarily, you know, allocate her to that. But regardless, if you look at all the work that she's done, as far as any you talking about intergender matches and so on, she's she's done the work. So it, it, it's, it's that thing. And I don't believe she'd been a champion within this year's span. So 33, I mean, when I'm looking at that, at her 33, I mean, that's super impressive there. Like, I'm, 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 I, I, I see that really sufficient. But then, you know, it's like you said, it, it does become a popularity contest. And then I, I, I don't know who said it, but like, I do feel like it is like a, Here's a bunch of names here and just rank them instead of actually doing the research because that was right. Will. That was me. That <laughs> yeah. was me. There, there's some here's, names. Here's, there's some names on this the, list. We gotta remember the P anything PWI, of course. It's gonna be done in the name of selling magazines and creating discussion. So like 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 Jamal was speaking to earlier, you're gonna have you know the popularity contest aspect. You're gonna have the most marketable aspect to it. I mean, how when you see the damn magazine, the cover that they wanted to put out was Sasha and Bailey, since that's mm-hmm. timely as hell right now. So they got them splattered on the cover of it. So it makes sense. It, it is what it is. I mean, I, the names here though are the names I would expect. I don't see anything glaringly missing in these top names. Like if I'm looking at the top 25 here, I don't think there's anything I'm terribly like blown away by like oh my god that's like absurd kimberly surprised me at 15 kimberly at 15 that's probably the most surprising one in the top 15 is kimberly but but given her you know her uh status as far as like you know being around forever and that might kind of figure into it as far as like you know they're kind of looking as like a, a elder statesman type who's been you know everywhere and done everything oh she's at 15 Yes, yes she is. Yes, sir. Right I'm under Thunder Rosa and but uh, in front of Nyla Rose. Okay, where is Deanna Perrazzo? 30. 30. Anybody got We're, something to say? I well, I was surprised she was at 30, being that they she had three months off when she got laid off, and she still cracked the top 30. But if we're just strictly talking about her impact, impact, pun unintended, then maybe put her top 20. Yeah, but don't forget too, also, she was a... Uh, she was um, definitely doing. I mean, she was in NXT main roster. Uh, didn't do much. Yeah, didn't do much, but, but was there. You know, dealt with the apples that was at hand there. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I know this- you got some. I know you have some two chains that you're kind of looking sideways at. What? Yeah, I. I mean, first of all, I'm gonna give some positive. First of all. Fucking hats off to Faye Jackson at 41. I absolutely love that. And I think, I think when it comes down to if if the women's is judged by the merits that they say the 500 is, we talk about her influence on the sport. We talk about the work that she's been doing. Uh, when you talk about the the matches that she's been doing, I, I think that it, it screams being on this list and. I think knowing and, and watching her career, she's just continued to grow and grow and grow. Seeing this progression to be this high, I, I think is absolutely fitting. 
and 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 Faye, you know, been working hard. You seeing her? Um, to, it, for me, she's definitely lighter on her feet now. So you seeing more uh, different and more maneuvers than she's usually done. She's she's definitely going deep in the trip back. And even when it's a match that isn't just a wrestling match, the gimmick matches that she puts on are always talked about. I mean, she's just one step away from always doing something viral. So you know. And, and I and I will say a lot of the matches that those gimmick matches are associated with are with people no longer in the business, shall I say, and she still <laughs> rise above it. So like I think that just speaks to her celebrity and the hard work that she's been putting in. Uh, because, you know, I I I I I you know, watching the career going, it's a lot of reasons that, you know, she could have stopped. I mean, hell, matter if she would have had the battle royal, if if if, if her um, if, if her show would have went on too, probably would have been higher at this point, because that was that was definitely going to be something. Who knows how she would have got involved with that? And again, that would have went viral, and people would have been talking about it. So just her influence and 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 social uh, and and her uh, and and uh, uh, her 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 influence and her uh, statue and and platform in the business, it just speaks a lot. I will say <laughs> at sixty four, Jenny. I mean. I don't know. Is something somebody want to tell me something? Because I, I, I cannot recall her being in the ring, but more than this many times. And sure, being on NXT UK is a thing. I think that it. was it. That was it. They probably she, figured they need some NXT UK representation. That's all. That's all. That's all. So I don't know. I'm not. I can spend more time on that if I want it. But yeah, I did definitely see some uh, some questionable things on there. Um. Let's get into our last topic. Uh, AEW as their one year of dynamite. We went to the first show here in DC. It's a year out now. Mm-hmm. Easy and short question. What are your evaluations of AEW a year in now? AEW dynamite in a year in. And Jamal, I'll start with you. Um, B minus. Like, and you have to take into consideration everything that they've had to deal with. Obviously, Everyone's having to deal with the elephant in the room, and that's COVID. Um, everyone's having to deal with the travel restrictions from COVID and, and, and all of these different things. Um, and for them to be able to do what they did um, and keep going and keep that momentum going is actually pretty damn good. Um, it's really surprising, actually, that they haven't really faltered too much. Um, everything that they could have gotten dinged on um, you know, for the most part, it, now granted, it's a B minus because of, and I'll get to the negative bit in a minute, but they've done a hell of a job, um, you know, uh, setting the baseline for their stars, uh, building a lot of them up. You know, not too many people on a national level were talking about Orange Cassidy or Darby Allen or um, uh, the best friends. You know, when, when AEW first started, we, it was just the Bucks, Jericho. Kenny and their friends. Um, and now they have some bona fide stars that are going to go out there and be, and have been legitimized from their runs in AEW. So if it ends today, uh, there's some bona fide stars out of this bigger than they have been before. So uh, good on those guys. And then there's the women's division. Hmm. <laughs> and right. So obviously the problem with the women's division is manifold. I won't hold it too much against them because they are a business. And if, you're, if your customer base is telling you what they like, you're going to give them more of that. 
And unfortunately, their customer base, it really hasn't been introduced to the women um, in a way that the, that the that they've been introduced to the men. Also, to be fair, they don't have any like legitimate women's tag teams. Everything's been piecemeal together. And this is a show that focused on tag team wrestling from the jump. So what chance do they really you know, have uh, in, in succeeding? And then, of course, in a two hour show, which means that that's eight segments. In eight segments, seven of them go to, or six of them go to the uh, to the men, and two go to the women, with a commercial break in the middle. There's no way to build a division when you only have 20 minutes out of two hours a week. Realistically, an hour, 25 minutes when you include commercials. So out of that hour, 25 minutes, minus promo time and stuff like that, the women only get about eight minutes, eight minutes. a week. Mm-hmm. Sometimes less. Sometimes less. Um, so if we're talking legitimately eight to ten minutes a week to build your entire division on, how? You, you can't do it. So that's that's unfortunate that, that it had to be them. You know, there, there are other aspects that could have taken the backseat. It's unfortunate. But then again, once you set yourself up for this, now we have to the fact that the fans, for the most part, and the ratings indicate it, you know, that, well, the women's matches aren't keeping people. Um, very few times are they keeping people. Mm-hmm. And Britt Baker actually took the tw- to, you know, social media. It was like basically saying, yo, we need you not to turn off the channel, turn the channel when you go to when we go to women's match. We, we literally need you to watch that shit if you want it to get if you want to see more of it. So it's an uphill struggle. And, and I don't know what the answer is, um, you know, aside from giving them more TV. But then again, if you're giving them more TV, you're giving them more of what they want, which as of right now isn't women. So that's uh, so they need, you know, a different approach to that. But because it is what it is, uh, I can't give them an A. It's, it's got to be a solid B minus, which is still very good. But they definitely have a long way to go. And aside from the women's division, uh, what they're doing with uh, Miro uh, initially is not the best look. Hopefully they can get that, um, you know, going in, in, a, in a popular direction. But then again, they have made chicken shit from uh, into chicken salad when they had the Dark Order. Uh, they were just getting laughed at and spooky perverts and, and the whole deal. Um, <laughs> the audio issues from the first, you know, like a m- couple months of dynamite with with the TNT deal and all that stuff, or the audio was crazy bad. Um, that's not an issue anymore. So, uh, and and obviously, to be fair, they've introduced a lot of new talent, uh, like an Abaddon, bringing Big Swole to the uh, to the you know national stage. It mm-hmm. is there's promise there. There's promise there. So I'd say that it, you know for your first year in forever. They're they're actually on definitely on the right track to build something very special, and I wish them the best of luck going forward. I'll be brief and just say I'm with Jamal on the B minus the C plus train around there. They have done more for tag team wrestling in the last year than I've noticed in the last let's say four to five years in all the professional wrestling, narrowly with Impact. So for a tag team wrestling fan like I am. I enjoy it. They have invested in tag team wrestling that isn't just the Bucks. Like to Jamal's point, the Dark Order is actually relatively interesting now. 
We still got the best friends who I still think is one of the most corniest groups and yet they're over. You have Santana and Ortiz still doing what they did in Impact now in AEW. And now they can't figure out what to do with the Lucha Brothers until they brought uh, Eddie Kingston on. And that's another feather in their cap. Eddie Kingston has come on and now effectively put himself as the number one contender for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. So I know when this all started, we were all kind of like, oh, Cody and friends. And that's what we're going to see all day, every day. And nothing but the elite. But we are starting to see more fleshed out characters. I I like the addition of Abaddon. You liked her, Jamal, when they first showed her on Dark. And you said, that's a unique character. Bring more of her. Now we have more of her. You You have a whole bunch of new people. And if Statlander didn't get her, I honestly think she would have been the A1 in the women's division because I saw that's where they were going before she got hurt. But overall, in terms of production, we really can't, I can't give it a full-fledged grade with production because COVID and because of the, the fandoms and the lack there of fans and whatnot. But overall, do I want to tune in? Yes. Do I want to turn off if the women's division's on? Also, yes. But yesterday, <laughs> when I was watching both shows, NXT had a women's match in, in competition with the Big Swole match versus Sheeta. And as much as I love Big Swole and Sheeta, I was watching NXT at that moment. So mm-hmm. if, if, to Britt's point, more people should be invested, but at the same token, not to sound generic, but they have better women's wrestling over on NXT. If I want to see women's wrestling, I'll watch NXT. I won't watch AEW. If I want to see tag team wrestling, I'll watch AEW. It goes to what we've all said. There's something for everyone, and obviously the indie, the, the PWG crowd that gets to watch indie-style matches every week on TNT, more power to you. Not my bag of tricks, but hey, congrats on one year. Yeah, real quick, that, before, you, I think, real quick Will, Will, before you jump in there, I want to, I want to say this real quickly. AEW Dark is my favorite show of the week. And I think for what they've been able to do with their talent scouts, you know, getting all of these feelers out there and bringing people from – every indie promotion that I've never heard of before from super local parts of the country has been a boon to their business. And considering that they only have two hours a week on TV and they're able to do the stuff on YouTube, which is really hard to do. Yes. That's, that's, that factors a lot into it. Go ahead. Well, yeah, no, y'all made a lot of good points. So I won't try to repeat like a ton of them, but yeah, I totally agree with the sentiment that, you know, we've been saying it from the beginning that the entire women's presentation has been bumpy. It's, and part of that's due to injuries. Part of that's due to people not working out. I mean, it's been, it's been a lot of different factors between COVID and the international travel issues when they were trying to build the division around Joji stars. It's, They've, they've, you know, I, I don't think anything has gone exactly how they planned when they started. That said, they have nailed some things really, really right. I think the tag team scene is definitely the biggest feather in their cap. It's definitely the strongest division. It's definitely got the most depth. And it's definitely, I'd say, the one area that really sets them apart from just about everybody else out there. It's, it's definitely the thing that I can say they have the strongest area in and the strongest roster in they are so lucky they got that tv deal done in january before everything fell out because lord knows we might not have been sitting here right now with aew so probably their biggest accomplishment this year was getting that deal locked in right right after the holidays because lord knows who knows if they'd even be on the air right now so them making it to one year is great and them having the the road ahead of them to continue on is great so that that's 
honestly probably the biggest thing they accomplished this year. Um, the B minus C plus area that you guys are saying, I think that's totally spot on. That's right about where they're at. I remember last year when we were at the first show, pretty much I came out of there feeling like, okay, I was like, this is all right. I'm, I wasn't blown away by anything. I didn't totally hate it either. It was just, it was just kind of okay. And most weeks when I watch that show, that's how I come out of it. There's like, there's stuff I like, there's stuff I also don't. And it hasn't really changed much in that respect. It's kind of just, it's there. I like certain parts of it. I like checking out certain people on it, like Hangman. And there's other stuff on there I totally have no interest in. So I think the big thing I want to see going forward is they have been picking up a lot of names. And especially like Jamal's main that on Dark, they've been picking up a lot of people, featuring a lot of people. And I would really like to see them kind of solidify who their roster is and who they're looking to push and really focus on some signature people. And let's have less of these eight and 10 and 12 man tags. Oh, I need all of focus. <laughs> I, I need a 45 man tag. They uh, can do yeah. it. Yeah, do it. Easily. They, Get Easily. a second ring to put the dudes around the second ring so they can get big tag. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the, 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 they've seen been better in recent weeks with the multi-man tags and the multi-man matches to fit people on the show just to give them some time. I want to see more of a focus on a core group of people as their signature roster. And I'd really like right. to see that going forward as we head uh, into year two with AEW. I, I actually don't. I like the fact that you don't know who's going to show up because like like what Jeff Cobb did, and and he just showed up. Like with bringing in Eddie Kingston, and he just showed up. And it's not a well, who's going to challenge? You know, uh, who's going to do a thing on AEW? Or I wish this person would be on AEW. But it's like, well, well no, who is going to show up? Because Warhorse is suddenly on national television wrestling Cody Rhodes, and then they bring in guys like uh, your freelance guys like uh, uh, Ben Carter, who is tearing up the Indies right now. So they really, really seem, at least definitely in comparison to WWE, really, really seem to have their pulse, their finger on the pulse of what the independent scene is doing. And if they're not, okay, fine. They don't, not everybody's going to work out. Not everybody's going to, you know, get signed and, and that's the deal and stuff like that. But to take Sugar Duckington, make him into a thing and, 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 and the ability to adapt to that too. WWE's rigidness has kind of been their downfall at times where AEW has been like, no, this is hot. Let's run with it. And Pineapple Pete was born. And even though they didn't, you know, evolve into him being signed and being a champion and, and whatever the case is, um, and somehow they, you know, Pete's on raw underground all of a sudden. But, you know, these are things. But the, but the idea is there is a spontaneity in AEW that's refreshing. And there is, um, especially in AEW Dark, where you have these guys, you know, that you really don't know about, and they make me care. No, I know that Ray Phoenix isn't going to lose to Lee Johnson. But damn, <laughs> just for a second. What if he did? And, and, and these are the things that, like, a show like Dark could make you do, and a, and a show like, uh, you know, Dynamite can make you do. And that's how they're building stars like Orange Cassidy. Cassidy versus Jericho was a big deal. If somebody would have said that five years ago, that Fire Ant versus you know Chris Jericho with the list was going to be one of the biggest segments on TV in, a, in five years, you go, no, not really. Was so, he Fire Ant? Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so these, these are our things. So, you know, whether it's him or Sammy Guevara or, uh, you know, the guys that we named previously, but they still seem to be looking. So just when you think that roster's full, it's like, well, no, nah, it's Ben Carter versus Will Hobbs. And then now Will Hobbs is on TV. And I'm not saying that he's a household name, but I'd be damned if he doesn't have the best spine buster on TV right now. He does. Now. He does. So the fact that they can do that and pull a guy like Will Hobbs from seemingly obscurity and make him into a thing, put him into, and unfortunately, you know, the, the COVID test with um, Lance Archer scrapped that program that they were going to run uh, like a week before the, the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is what it is this year. I, I really appreciate the fact that AEW can do these things behind the scenes. It's almost like watching Saturday Night Live. Like, we know what the framework of the show is going to be, but be damned if something interesting doesn't happen. And then there's a the women's division. That's why it's a B minus. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I, I, I'll just be really quick. It's a C because everything they promised, did they change the world? No. Records will count. Is that a thing? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, so the premise of what you built this empire on that foundation is no longer existent. And sure, maybe they had to make some changes, but when you get up to that podium, you puff your chest out about everything you're gonna do. I mean, I, did you I fulfill that? Did you did you did you even swim in that direction? Not at all. Where everybody jumped in the pool and you stood out on the outside and looked. Like so y'all made a lot of good points, but I mean for the premise of what they've done in the in a year, they have not delivered. You take dark away. Will we be having this conversation? No, Dark is amazing. Dark has done the the changing of things and 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 the unpredictability and of the traditional style of wrestling. Who may show up and and you know who actually has a chance? Who may end up being uh you know a regular roster member and everything like for sure. But Dynamite, on the other hand, their their uh, flagship show, no, no. I the reason why I disagree with that is because. They said that they were going to run a sports-centric show where and where the records uh, are going to matter. They, they haven't it's done that the, either. Yeah, they have. Because they have the, the records, and the records are either A, being used in certain storylines, or B, um, they are being used in championship matches. Swole is like 16-3, and three or, or something, and, and that's why she's you know got a match. Also, to be fair... The number one versus number two doesn't have to happen every week. This isn't college football. It's like boxing. You, know, you could yeah. set up a number one versus yeah, number could, seven. You set up matches, but the but the bottom line is is that the storyline the, the storylines are what they are, but they do spur in some way, maybe a small way, but they do spur from the records themselves, so that we don't just have some a squash match. How many squash mm-hmm. matches have you seen in AEW? Not it's few and far in between, and they usually involve Michael Nakazawa. So, <laughs> so the idea is, I think in that regard, that's what sets them apart from WWE in that, well, who should I like? Look at the record. And then you go like, well, goddamn, Cody's 17 and two, or Jericho has a tie for some reason. Too, too much or, damn Cody. Just way too much damn Cody. Well, I mean, yeah. okay. So, so Cody hit McMahon Helmsley uh, and Brandy uh, Helmsley. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's what it is. Please, you know, that, that's EVPs are going to EVP. I mean, right. that's the yeah. Right, I mean, it's a show, and he'll title if he wants to. Where's the perspective? I missed that. That was that was a hot thing. No one misses that. No, <laughs> no one misses that. Not even on opposite day that they missed that. But, but I, but I think to the point though, um, 
there is a overarching uh, feel of the the records holding some kind of weight, especially in the women's division where a lot of shit gets thrown together. And it's like, okay, well, these two are competitive. Let's put them together. And then you, and then even on dark, honestly, the hottest storyline in AEW right now is Cutler versus Avalon. Change my mind. And both of them are fighting and have been feuding for like two, two, three months over the fact that they each have an equally bad record. And they're both like, oh, 25 and one. So, (laughs) So and if this was punch out, stuff. it'd be Gabby J versus uh, Glass Joe is what you're telling me. Right. And and the thing well, actually they're over twenty five and two because they just went to another uh double DQ, so that's another draw. Uh they've had two draws in a row. But the fact that they but again, they they are that is literally a storyline that's based on the record. So to be fair, um I, I think a little bit more credit is uh is is deserved from what they're trying to do versus you had sex with this guy. You had sex with my friend. Well, we're friends, and you like cats, and I like cats, and we're just going, oh, she doesn't like cats. She's out of the <laughs> There's no Riot Squad in AEW. No. There's no Shield I, in I, AEW. I, I don't know. I, I'm I just saying. It. But there is a dark I, order. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, 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 but to be fair, well, that's a different problem. But, you know, but to be fair, the dark order did turn from, like, they had a legit gimmick. Are you tired of being jobbers and, and you know, bullshitters? Join the Dark Order. Brody Lee came in, made them legitimate. Talk about elevating people. And now they're like a legit thing. So, I yep. mean. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying for your span, um, good for them for what they've sustained. Uh, the promises that was built on, I'm not, I'm not convinced or sold or could ever sign in blood that they have fulfilled that. Right. But for what they are doing, again, it's average. It's not. It's just not game changing. And and again, for one year in the conversation, it's still hell of impressive. So a lot of room to grow. And obviously, they're going to continue to get better. The expansions and all that other stuff is happening. A year from now, it's going to be an interesting talk, especially if things get normal. And I definitely tip my hat off to what they've been able to do uh, during COVID. I mean, that's. Hey, that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's QT impressive. Marshall coming through with the sex dungeon. <laughs> yeah. Let's get into they news. They are so lucky. They are so lucky. They have Daly's place. Don't You're right. Venue. Truth. You're right. You know? Let's get into news. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up. All right. So let's do that. I'll make it quick. Uh, Laura Sullivan, your favorite wrestler's favorite wrestler's under closet <laughs> homophobic racist wrestler. A- apparently, is... Triple H is a uh, favorite match too, right? Oh, of course. I mean, who isn't? <laughs> who isn't a fan? <laughs> Has anybody addressed that, Will? Nah, just other than everyone saw it. People were thinking it was fake. It's like, nope, that was real. Oh, wait, it was real? <laughs> yeah, that was real. Okay. Yeah, because y'all know what we're talking about. When I put that tri- screenshot in our chat, I took the screenshot. I went to Triple H's thing to check it. And yes, he <laughs> liked the picture of his, uh, his whatever you would want to call that movie. <laughs> who, who, whoever's running Triple H's page, kudos to them. <laughs> to be fair, that wasn't Laura Sullivan. That was uh what's what's the guy's name? Bryce somebody. Um was that his whatever. theater name? Yeah, his theater name. Be, you mm-hmm. know, before he moved up. <laughs> uh so Laura Sullivan likes yoga. And and instead of doing uh DDP yoga, you know, as you do, as you're an athlete, you know, you you do yoga. Uh-huh. Uh to help out with your flexibility. Yes. And he well really, really likes 
this thing uh, called uh, Yoga for the Athlete. Uh, you can find that on Instagram if you are a, a yogi or an athlete or both. Either way, he wrote a glowing review for this program uh, from Yoga from the Athlete. But he also got it to them DMs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, okay. Well, uh, Lars, uh, when you type out, and I quote, incredibly beautiful after this picture, uh, I absolutely love your legs. You got any booty pics in those, huh? Dude. <laughs> now, now she's, you know, a yogi, so you can imagine that, you know, this lady is incredibly attractive. Um, and she, this lady replies, Hey, Lars, I'm going to refund your money. I've told you before, I block people who send me messages like this. So you've kind of had a warning. I don't have time to work with clients who don't respect boundaries. Also, I'm a happily married woman. It's not very smart on your part, given you're quite well known. Oops. He just can't help himself. He just can't help himself. He's as bad as Winnie the Pooh. He really is. I mean, you think (laughs) he'd be okay. Now, yeah, but he ain't. Now you think that this happened, you know, maybe a year ago when he was going through some awesome. No, this happened last week. So, <laughs> so, so that's Lars, the weird thing if, that it was last week. If the one hundred thousand yeah. dollar fine for his message board posts wasn't enough, he just no. I, 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 I don't. Not the brightest guy, it seems. I don't know. Right, uh, smarter than a hamster running on a square hamster wheel. So. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor had a hell of a match on uh, TakeOver 31. Yes. Uh, Balor's out with a broken jaw, and, you know, good luck to him. And WWE and NXT are trying to figure out, well, what the worst-case scenario is if he has to miss time because, you know, he is kind of the champion. Um, So hopefully that doesn't come, you know, to pass. But, you know, things could get interesting down in NXT land. As for Kyle O'Reilly... Uh, he did an interview with Gorilla Position, and he and they asked him, "Well, who would he want to see in WWE?" And his answer, "Well, who do you think it was?" Zach Saber Jr. Not that far off. Not that far off. He said Jay White. That was going to be my next guess. There you go. Yeah. So you know, he said Jay White, which I don't. That's a solid answer. Yeah, you know, I, I think that would be, you know, pretty pretty cool. I don't think uh, Zach or Osprey would really work in the WWE system, but yeah, when they get tired of uh, Rollins, Jay White could like that easily step in there and, and and do that. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, good on Cal O'Reilly, who still knows his indie wrestling. Uh, down in Orlando, the, the Thunderdome is happening. And originally, it was supposed to expire. The lease was supposed to expire on Halloween the 31st. That has been extended. Uh, they're going to stay there at least until the end of the month. So expect to be in the Thunderdome through Thanksgiving. Uh, Thunderdome is at the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. Speaking of WWE and their uh, scheduling, uh, WrestleVotes on the Twitter machine has uh, tweeted out pretty you know, popular and arguably reliable, uh, you know, wrestling Twitter mm-hmm. site uh, account. And uh, Russell Vote says, I've been told that typically the weekly live loop, which would be Friday TV, house shows on Saturday and Sunday, Monday TV, 
all from different locations, won't return to WWE schedule until 2022. Okay. Mm. So that's going to be interesting, especially if the NBA comes back sooner than later. Also, also, if the NBA comes back in a non-bubble format and allows the uh, the uh, uh, the teams to play in their original arenas, uh, fans or no fans, even though in Florida, fans are uh, acceptable as they're trying to pack in the Miami Dolphin Stadium, Jacksonville, Florida State, uh, you know, University of Florida for these games, uh, upwards of 50,000 people. You know, it will be interesting to see what happens if the to Thunderdome, if the NBA winds up coming back sooner than later. Uh, their season just the NBA season just ended this week, uh, and you know I'm not sure when they're supposed to be coming back, but I heard the word is January. So if the Thunderdome is in a month-to-month deal, uh, and if the NBA comes back, that's going to be very, very interesting. So that's the last bit of the news. The only thing I have left is, of course, the wrestling that's happening this weekend, uh, and that will be um, New Japan. Uh, the G1 Climax, the Tag 17, is going to be happening uh, tomorrow morning for us in the U.S. Um, SmackDown, of course, is live from the Thunderdome, um, and 205 Live to follow after that. Ring of Honor is new this week, if you can find it. And, um, and then, of course, over the weekend, more G1 goodness and GCW in Silverado, California, which is uh, just outside of Los Angeles. Uh, if you're going to a show that, you know, I haven't named, if you're going to do anything else outside, you know, do it as safely as you can or not. Uh, that's the news for this week. All right, quickly, because I forgot about a couple of things. Speaking of Ring of Honor, we should definitely bring up really quickly how they're handling it. So they do have a bubble and a, I think I actually got, I can actually read this. According to PW Insider, Ring of Honor will resume their tapings this week directly in Baltimore, Maryland, which is true based on the Ring of, Ring of Honor talent that I've seen. Uh, Ring of Honor talent and staff will follow in-depth health protocols to ensure everyone's safety. All talent will arrive in Baltimore this week. Each member will be individually tested for COVID. COVID, uh, excuse me, the talent has been ordered to remain in their rooms while it's awaiting for the results. Once the, okay. once the results come through, the talent will still be asked to remain in their room until the match or segment is ready to be taped. Uh, this should say once their segment or match is complete, the talent and staff will be asked to return to the room. This will ensure each person remains in a secure bubble and only interact with the company set up with them. Now to add on to that and some breaking news that came up at 8.07 while we've been recording this uh, from Fightful, John Pollock of Post Wrestling is reporting that Ring of Honor will not be using talent who appeared at the collective for the tapings this weekend due to precautionary reasons. Apparently, uh, they apparently rewrote television to take people off the show that were on the collective. So stuff is changing as we speak. So I don't know if they're taping this week. I mean, we know everyone's in the bubble, but I don't know if the tapings had already commenced. But as of 8 o'clock tonight, that's the latest word that they were specifically changing the show to remove people that are, appeared at the collective. There, whoops, so, there's that. Interesting. I and wonder last- if AEW is going to do that now, too. No, well, Ambrose was on. I mean, Moxley. Moxley was on there last night and he was there. He was on Bloodsport. So that's right. That came and went. (laughs) (laughs) And then also the WWE draft. I mean, we didn't really get to talk about it. Um, So we'll spend some time next week to talk about 
our thoughts of that uh, as the season premiere is this coming week. So we'll, you know, we can kind of talk yeah. about how the roster. Let's let everything s- settle out there first. <laughs> yep. 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 All right. But that will do it this week for the, uh, for the podcast in this week's episode. Um, again, tune in each and every Thursday, 8 PM minus if Twitter wants to act Evan up Central. <laughs> Eastern standard time. Uh, 7 Central <laughs> but yes Twitter, Facebook all our social medias and again get all the latest news and updates from us over at BigOBelGroup.com thank you for watching um, and we'll catch you all next week and as always wear them damn masks folks be safe and wash uh, your COVID, hands COVID wash isn't hands. cool at all <laughs>